Hello and welcome to episode four of the Embracing Noise podcast. I'm your host, Luke Parsons. On today's show, we have Carcass Bomb from Noob Heavy and Black Lodge PR. Um, he was a big supporter of Embracing Noise right at the beginning, gave me loads of help and stuff. So um, it's been good to get him on the show today, something I wanted to do for a while. I hope you enjoy the episode. If you do, please check out our previous episodes on Spotify or YouTube and give us a follow on Twitter and a like on Facebook if you fancy it. So yeah, without further ado, here's the episode. Hope you enjoy. Thanks thanks for joining me, um, Carcass Bomb. So I just want to start off talking a bit about New Heavy and uh, what that is all about. Yeah, thanks for having me, Luke. Good to be on a, another metal podcast. <laughs> uh, New Heavy, we just... We do a lot of things, focusing on creating like resources and reviews for the underground. Uh, specifically, lately, we've been really getting into a lot of leftist and LGBTQ sort of metal in the scene. Yeah. And hardcore as well. Very inclusive of hardcore genres. Cool. So do you do, you do like reviews, um, sort of, like you said, like content that sort of helps people out? Um, what, what kind of stuff is that? Uh, yeah, we've got some like resources like um, the free Bandcamp wiki where I curate a list of name your own price albums that were released this year. And that's like a heap of bands that have like hardly any following at all, like maybe yeah. two supporters on Bandcamp. So it's a really good place to look for some like really new bands. Cool. And yeah, we've there's... got a commissioning artist list. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's quite a lot of uh, a lot of albums on that list because I remember I've looked through it and there's this seems to be hundreds <laughs> uh it's not quite that big yet but i'll get there i need to get back into that now like i have to wait every sort of month or so for a bunch of new releases to come out so i can spend hours just manually going through Bandcamp by new arrival so i kind of do it that way all right is that pretty sort of painstaking because um yeah, i find with Bandcamp, definitely. it's like it's not the most user-friendly yeah, well, I I, have to, I just go by each, like, metal genre, new arrival. I open, like, every single release, close all the ones that aren't Name Your Own Price, and then listen to all the Name Your Own Price ones and put the ones that I like on the list. So it does, it does ignore a lot of, uh, like, half-ass kind of bedroom recording demo sort of stuff. Yeah. Like, I like to mostly start at, like, an EP quality kind of demo. Mm. And... Yeah, so it's good music on there, and I've got it split by, like, genres. So you've got metal, hardcore, stoner stuff, and then, like, just really weird shit. Yeah, experimental stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like your noise and your grind cores and your, you know, experiments. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, what what's the your proudest achievement with Noob Heavy? Oh, uh, probably... It's hard to choose that because we've had some really good interviews. Yeah. Like I got the interview of my favorite band, Horse the Band, which was a huge highlight for me. I've been listening to them since I was like 16. And it was really insane to get to talk to them. I <laughs> uh, re- recently talked to bassist from Cannibal Corpse, Alex Webster. Okay. So that was really cool. It's just, I don't, I don't know how I keep getting these opportunities because I'm just like, there's no one in Australia and whatever, but I'm getting them and it's it's fun. Yeah. Did you not do a interview with Between the Buried and Me band member as well? I think I remember seeing that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, uh, that was one of the first interviews I actually did 
which was uh, like early 2020, just before COVID hit, and they yeah. were doing an East Coast tour in Australia, uh, a special night with sort of deal with uh, Between the Barrier to Me. And so I got an email to do an interview with Tommy, and that was where it pretty much started. Cool. And yeah, yeah I, that, that I, was, I think that I went was to that. An unreal experience, yeah. Sorry. But yeah, yeah. I, I went to that, that was... when they were in the UK. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was really cool. Really quite unique experience. Yeah, no, they're one of my favorite bands for sure. A lot of people say they're overrated, but I don't care. I like them a lot. <laughs> yeah, I've got a couple of mates that like them as well. So it's, uh, it's pretty good. So um, have you got any sort of future sort of plans with New Heavy? Like any, any big things that you're planning or anything like that yeah i've always got something in the works like right now i've mostly been working on uh a list of labels with like nazi ties in the metal scene and stuff to avoid yeah it's been a huge project that really started up this year um i'd say that is probably the most notable article on the entire website at this point it's it's making the rounds pretty hard so i've been working a lot on that and that's getting bigger and I'm hoping to interview Swallow the Sun soon. Okay. See how that goes. I don't know. That's so, like what, what kind of band I'm are they? To. Sorry. What kind of sort of genre do they play? Because I don't know uh, them. Doom metal, like uh, Death Doom. They're like one of the early two thousands kind of the Death Doom band, along with like November's Doom, October Tide, and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, that that sort of that list with the uh, sort of Nazi black metal was is it black metal labels or just labels in general? I can't, can't remember. Yeah, but... yeah, it's labels with uh, connections to national socialist black metal, the genre. Mm. Yeah, I was quite is, shocked uh, when I read that because yeah. Um, yeah, there's there was a lot on there that was kind of yeah eye opening for me. Yeah, well, that was another. I have so many projects on the site that it's just a matter of committing time to a tedious task. Mm. And the, this list in particular of the uh, National Socialist Band uh, was really, it's both a tedious task in itself, but it's also such a bummer to yeah. just be going through all of this just terrible shit just for hours and hours on end, researching into all these bands and labels and like, reading lyrics, looking at socials of um, some of the bands and stuff like that, and you're just seeing, like, the biggest shitheads in the industry right now. Mm. Yeah, and, it, yeah it makes me a bit sick to do it. So I take breaks, long breaks between updating it because it's, yeah, yeah it's it's a bummer. Yeah, it's, it's, cause it's kind of worrying for people like us. Like, you know, we find something we like, and you kind of have to think, like, make sure it's not linked to anything like that. It's just... It's just a pain in the ass, really. Yeah, well, that was the intent of the list. It's just like it, it's just for people that who do want to consume in a more ethical way, and mm. who like to be conscious of that. Now that they can sort of have a place to search and find out, and that's all it really is. It's a resource for people who do want to know. Yeah, no, it's it's it's, it's really it's really good. It's uh, yeah, it's kind of a comfort blanket for everyone to know that there's someone doing that <laughs> for us <laughs> yeah i just hope i don't fuck it up <laughs> so are we allowed to swear on this 
Yeah, yeah. I can say, say what you want within I'm reason. Sure a lot, <laughs> yeah, I put it as explicit on Spotify, so it's, it's all good. Yeah, so I've never as well. done anything that wasn't explicit. <laughs> I mean, it's a metal show, it's man. It's Australian. like there's there's yeah. going to be swearing. Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So um, yeah, let's get into playing the first track. So we'll we'll start with one of yours. Um, if you just want to kind of like introduce it and talk a bit about it first and then then we'll play it yeah um, this is a track from a band that i'm working with at the moment called vanta from hungary and they're a like a sludge doom duo uh their album isn't out yet but this single is available now and this is the one we'll be playing feel alive i think it's a pretty good introduction to the band style and energy very a lot of energy behind it it's good stuff
So that was Feel Alive by Vanta. So talk a bit now about the sort of PR work you do with Black Lodge because you originally started that as part of New Heavy, didn't you? And then you sort of separated it from what you do on New yeah. Heavy. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. It used to be um, New Heavy PR. I kind of just fell into it as like a metal blog and um, a band Aeon's Abyss hit me up in like 2019 because uh, they liked my promotion style and we were talking a lot. And they were like, basically like, Hey, if we give you some money, can you like do PR for our album? And I was like, yeah. I've never done this before. I have no <laughs> idea how it's going to go. And they're like, yeah, that's no worries. We trust you. And yeah, that's pretty much how I started. And it was, um, went really well. Yeah. So then I started getting a bunch more jobs and I got a lot bigger than I thought it was going to get. Cause usually with a business like this, you're looking at slow start, like jobs are few and far between in a big way. Uh, and sometimes it is for sure. But uh, the fact that I've managed to get like a dozen jobs since starting in late 2019 in November, I, I kind of had to separate it into its own entity that was more focused and very much business-like and professional. Yeah, and I thought it also couldn't hurt to double up on the socials, to you know, double up on the promotion ability. Mm. So yeah, Black Lodge PR is my main business now. Cool. That's that's quite cool that and they I, sort of came to you first rather than uh, yeah you sort of going towards them. <laughs> yeah, I've been very fortunate to have a lot of people that I've worked with who just keep working with me throughout the all their releases like uh, rise to the sky i've worked on their last like four releases okay and i've got i've got more coming up as well and it's like yeah I've, I've forged a lot of great connections with some really good bands that i'm really excited every time i hear they're making new music yeah because i'll know i get to work with them yeah cool so um what is like your sort of biggest campaign so far uh probably the poisoner by white crone that's an album that went really huge in the metal Twitter circles and just the a lot of more mainstream circles as well in the metal world and made it to a lot of end of year lists. Yeah, I'm quite proud to have uh, got that album out there. Yeah, it's one that I've, obviously I've seen quite a lot because I follow, is it Lisa on Yeah, Lisa, as well? man. Yeah. And yeah, it did seem to sort of be in everyone's eyeline. Yeah, it was a huge release last year. It was awesome. It's great music too. I got the CD right in yeah. front of me, actually. <laughs> yeah, I listened to it. Well. It's, it's, it's like traditional heavy metal, isn't it? Kind of. Yeah, yeah. Very uh, kind of style. Priest, Iron Maiden. Yeah. It reminded think... me a lot of um, Seventh Son of a Seventh Son era, kind of Iron Maiden, the more spacey kind of power. Yeah, definitely. So have you got any sort of... Um campaigns you're working on right now yeah but i can't say too much because i'm not sure okay. this comes out and that haven't announced yet right fair enough but i've got some doom metal coming that i think everyone will enjoy a lot and i've got some death metal coming with aeon's abyss who are releasing a new album uh, later in the year awesome called terror manifest yeah they're from Australia. They're, they're, and I mentioned them earlier because they're the band that 
gave me my first job. So really cool do, you, do you work with like certain genres or do you just, you know, you, you listen to it and then say, actually, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind, you know, promoting that or how does it sort of work? Because I'm kind of, I don't really have any idea how it works. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty open. Generally, once you establish a sort of portfolio, you'll start getting a lot of a lot more offers from the genres you've already worked with. So a lot of what I do get is doom metal and death metal. Yeah. But I am always happy to promote other stuff. But I have built a very strong foundation for those two genres in terms of, you know, because that's my most common one. So I've built the most network there. But I'm always happy to work with other genres as well. But with black metal, you know, like with the list work I do, I'm very very specific i'm pretty much only going to really promote any fascist anarchist black metal at this point mm. yeah it's lucky for me because i don't really like black metal anyway so it's like yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. i can easily avoid it <laughs> <laughs> i don't have to worry about re- reviewing uh yeah dodgy bands too much yeah yeah i definitely won't be working with any dodgy bands and <laughs> Like, I've had to turn down quite a few jobs just because, like, they weren't in line with what I stand for in, in on social media and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's like, it would just, it would make no sense to promote that stuff. So I'd have to turn down a fair few things, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, basically, I'm an, I'm, I'm basically an idiot because <laughs> I convince <laughs> people not to hire me all the time. I work quite cheaply. I'm not really uh, spamming people with my business and, you know, doing annoying shit on social media. No, I mean, it's, you know, it's, if I, it's if fair I enough, did, really. Like, yeah, if it doesn't sort of tie in with what you do, then within your right to turn it down, I guess. Yeah. It's not that you don't want to work for, for, for anyone and anything. It's, uh, <laughs> I think it's a good idea. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. I don't, I don't get along with most other PR people. <laughs> a lot of them have me like blocked and muted. Uh, I'm a bit of a pain in the ass in the PR world. <laughs> Fawn in their side. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, they just yeah, some real fake numbers shit going on out there. Some real scams. Yeah, I I came across one the other day actually. I won't sort of say the name, but you know they were sort of saying, oh, you know we have like six figure like hits on our you know, social medias and stuff. And then when you go and have a look, they got like 4,000 likes. So it's like, mm, yeah, okay. I'm not sure how that works. Yeah, well, get, yeah, you also get a lot of like people that are trying to sort of monetize their like 20,000 followers on Twitter. Mm. But when you actually look at their tweets, they have hardly any interaction and hardly any likes despite having so many followers because most of those followers are bullshit. Yeah, because there's a lot lot of paid stuff going on. Like, I hate... My least favorite part of doing the PR work, because obviously what I do is I send out emails to every blog and website and airplay thing I can find to give them the download link and the promo kit. And so I get the same experience that a lot of bands get when they're trying to get their work out there in terms of getting back sort of responses that are like oh we're busy at the moment but you can pay us money and we'll do it 
or yeah. we're busy at the moment, but here's how you can advertise on our site. And there's a lot of that shit where, and I've noticed it because unlike a band who might send out music to all the blogs like once a year or something, I'm doing it, you know, every few weeks or every couple of months or so. And I'm noticing that that response from that particular person never changes. They are always busy and they always say, here's how you can get uh, coverage for, through money. Over yeah. two years, some of them, I've noticed. I still send it to it because I'm like, fuck it. Might as well see what they're doing now, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I made they've... a list, actually, of yeah that pe- promoters that do that, so probably going to annoy the PR scene again soon. Yeah, it's... There's a lot of dodgy stuff going on in, like, sort of paid reviews as well. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, I've never never asked for money for the reviews I've done. I've always done it out of the uh, goodness of my heart. Yeah, same here. Like, Noob Heavy, in the header of the website, it's pretty explicitly anti-capitalist. And yeah. I, for that reason, I'm, I'm never going to have ads on the site. I'm never really going to monetize Noob Heavy in any way. So that's why I have Black Lodge PR, so that mm. I can afford to pay the expenses of Noob Heavy and advance Noob Heavy. It's not like a thing where I'm trying to get rich or you know anything like that. Yeah. And the thing is, there's so many review sites that do it for free anyway. It's like it's just it's just stupid yeah. to to ask for money for oh, it. Oh, for sure. There's been some promoters that are like quite big in the underground, like um, like No Clean Singing and stuff like that, mm. who do it for free and have like never turned me down and have always been super nice. And like, uh, you know, Mr. Doom 666 on YouTube, he's like that too, where he's like really nice. He does it for free and he just pretty much is always keen to put up something for me. Yeah. And you got people like K Man on Twitter, you know. He's oh, yeah. he'll always yeah. put up a, a thing to for one of my albums when it's coming out soon. Uh, what's he call the segment? Like the he's always got great names for his yeah. Isn't it something like things. I can't remember because upcoming it is... terror. Yeah, up, upcoming terror. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And then on Full Force Friday, he pumps it out again. Yeah, he's always good. Yeah. So you do find got... a lot of these free avenues, and I. I can't imagine that the places that do paid reviews, I can't imagine ever being like worth it. I don't know. I've never mm. really been able to reach that metal sucks kind of realm of getting coverage on their shit. Cause I think yeah. they're like a bit like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's but cool yeah, with fuck, the, the K man thing. Cause uh, there's just so many albums he puts on, on his tweets. It's like, like whoa <laughs> this guy's in the know <laughs> yeah i um i've got a playlist on spotify that i've put together of um new albums from 20 metal albums from 2021 where i just go through his feed <laughs> and i just chuck all, all of his shit every friday onto that playlist along with um you know some of my own discoveries that he didn't cover so it's just this massive massive playlist with uh 320 hours of music at the moment because that's just so much music coming out yeah bloody hell and i haven't updated that in a couple of weeks yeah which, which i'll do it's and that's another tedious i just love doing tedious shit <laughs> yeah i think it's it's worth it though if people actually use it you know 
Is uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like sometimes when I was writing reviews, I was like, sometimes it does get a bit tedious, and then you know when people like sort of enjoy reading what you do, then you're like, okay, yeah, it's 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 definitely worth it. Um, helps you keep going. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's very motivating to know that there's people actually reading it. Uh, I did not start that way at yeah. all. Started in the exact opposite, where like. I didn't have social media for the first year at all. And yeah, I was getting maybe like my own friends wouldn't look at it. You know what I mean? Like it was like yeah. nothing, like nobody. And I was just doing it every day as a um, exercise for university because I was studying writing. So I just wanted to, you know, write shit every day. So I started doing reviews and just, just doing it for myself. And I think I got to 50 reviews with barely with like nobody looking at it before I was like, all right, I'll join social media. <laughs> and I started with Instagram and then yeah getting that feedback from readers was not only motivating but absolutely crucial to the growth of the site because <laughs> back then it was a text only blog yeah and basically someone some dude just rolled up on my messages and said hey dude your website looks like shit <laughs> you should like work on that because you got some great content and I was like well fuck <laughs> uh that, that hurts, but you're right, and I need to go look at that. And, you know, I spent a while researching how to fuck around with themes on WordPress and really get into that. And, yeah, I'm pretty happy with where it is now, and the community input has consistently given me an idea of where to focus my work now. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a similar thing for me, really, because, like, before Abrasive Noise, I, I, I basically had one of those shitty WordPress blogs where literally it was pretty much the same as yours where there was no real design it was just words and um yeah yeah basically I was writing for a little while and then I actually sort of shared it with my mates and then they said oh yeah this is actually really good like you should you know make this sort of a proper website um and yeah I did I did the same just yeah learned how to actually build a website and then yeah everyone else agreed so <laughs> that's what yeah, yeah. it's that early motivation that keeps you keeps you going to to make something worthwhile yeah definitely yeah it's been a fun ride especially um getting so many new team members now for the site as well so it's not just me anymore that's yeah. always fun because it's there's a bit more of a community feel to your work. You know, you're talking to other writers a lot or, you know, quite regularly. Mm. And that's that next level for a blog is, like, really rewarding. Yeah. Because have you got about, is it about 10 or 11 other writers now? Uh, I don't know if it's that many. I'd say probably close to the six or seven, but we get, like, okay. uh, some people that jump in. Uh, sporadically every now and then maybe like a couple times a year sort of thing but we've got about five six consistent writers that uh, mm. cover their various genres and do the various kinds of articles yeah i suppose it takes the work workload off as well so you don't have to write every week well, uh, yeah, it's been useful to allow me to work on other projects like the NSBM list and uh, my other podcasts and all the other shit I'm doing. 
So I'm not riding as much lately, but um, they are riding heaps. So like mm-hmm. I, John, John Kep, he rides like three a week or something, like he's a machine. <laughs> wow. And uh, yeah, John Angel, he's always riding them. Zach, he'll be in there every week on the dot, like a review every week. Like, yeah, they're killing it. So I'm just being able to build these other resources to be bigger and bigger because of their their work on the reviews. Yeah. And they're doing interviews as well now too, which is cool. Awesome. So um yeah, I'm gonna play my uh first track now. So the first track I picked is Believe in Something You Are Lost by a pale horse named Death. So this is their first single from the upcoming album Infernum in Terror, which is their fourth studio album and it's out via Long Branch Records on twenty fourth of September. So the single was released on the 28th of May, and here it is.
that was a pale horse named death with believe in something you are lost uh taken from their upcoming album infernum in terror so uh so now i'm gonna talk about our sort of favorite albums of the year so far i'm not gonna really put a number on how many we're talking about but just yeah just any that sort of stood out for you yeah i've actually got a list open here already because (laughs) um I'm working on a mid-year article because it's that time of year, I guess, and that's what we're supposed to do, I think. <laughs> yeah. I think what the first album that really caught my attention in a big way and earlier in the year, I think like it didn't come out in January, but I think I got the promo in January, and that was Abiotic. Their album... Okay. Uh, oh, God, I'm so bad at pronouncing... <laughs> pronouncing... I didn't write the album names. I just wrote the shorthand <laughs> band names. I should have thought that through. Oh yeah, uh, Ikagi, Ikagi. But uh, it's the one with the samurai on the front cover. I think a lot of people would have seen early in the year, and uh, they're a really good technical progressive death metal band from Florida. It's like their return album after quite a long time away, like nearly a decade, I think. And it's a really strong album that has a lot of really cool concepts in it. Uh, I still listen to it now. Oh, so that is that in January that it came out, you say? Uh, February, but I think I got, oh, I got right. the promo in January. So I've been listening to it since January. Um, yeah, so for me, like, I'd say the beginning of the year has been the sort of the best albums. Um, so f- for me, it was... Uh, Archaeon with uh, Cascadence they're like a progressive metalcore band uh, it's their okay. debut album um, and yeah it was just it was just really good like the vocals were just brilliant basically you know the music was, was really good but the vocals were the standout for me they were just like really you know the cleans were really good the harshest harsh vocals were really good they're really dynamic dynamic vocals and they kind of remind me of uh, Periphery quite a lot, uh, especially like the first oh, listen. Yeah. I, I just felt like I was listening to a Periphery album, and then like sort of the next two or three listens after that, and you, you can kind of hear their 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 kind of stamp on it. Um, oh yeah, I have to check them out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the vo- the vocal like normally vocals for me, I'm I'm kind of very picky, but yeah, they 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 just blew me away really. Um, and yeah, for like a, a debut album as well, like, because I think they'd only released one EP before that, uh, in 2018. Oh, yeah. I can't remember what the, the name was, but um, yeah, I was seriously impressed with, with what they came up with. I actually got tickets to one of oh. their, their shows in July, but I'm not sure if it's still still going ahead, actually. So uh, yeah, uh, hope, hopefully yeah. I'll be able to do that. <laughs> I've had two shows that I had tickets for cancelled in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. That were coming up soon. I'm pretty Isn't bummed. It? One of them was uh, uh, Chelsea Wolf with uh, Emma Ruth Rundle. So I'm really bummed that I have to wait another year to see that. Yeah. I mean, I've been waiting to see Lamb of God for like a year and a half now, I think. By, by the time I see them in December, it'll be, yeah, nearly two years. So. I've been really bad with keeping up with music this year. Yeah, so same. I probably haven't heard a lot of the ones you're probably going to mention 
because I, I don't know, I've been really just listening to the same albums over and over again this year, which I usually don't do. Yeah. But some of these albums are just really fucking stuck with me, and I'm just always sort of craving them and in the mood to put them on. And yeah, it's, I haven't reviewed as many albums this year because of that. Like uh, Breaths, Lined in Silver, such a nice album to just put on and just chill to. Just any time. I can listen to that any day of the week. It's like very uh, sort of progressive, stoner, alt rock, a whole bunch of stuff thrown in there. Kind of deft tonesy. Really good. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah, I've felt I've, myself I've doing the same. Non-stop. Cool. Yeah, I've, I've sort of done the same, especially the last like month or so. I've, I've really not listened to anything, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, I I have moved I have moved house, so that's that's my excuse. Uh, so I was sorting all that out. Um, yeah, what's I think you just did your, your second one, didn't you? Um, yeah, yeah, my second one. Well, we don't have to take turns. I don't know. No, 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 I, I, I thought yeah, I thought it'd be good to kind of go back and forth. But yeah, 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 sounds good. Um, yeah, so the second one, uh, Obsidian by Blue Starly. So. Um, Blue Starly is basically a like electro industrial metal artist, um, okay. but he kind of he kind of does everything really. If you go through his discography, you could probably find any genre you want. Um, and this Obsidian was the third album from a trilogy, uh, the Dead Channel trilogy. Uh, with the first two came out in twenty twenty, and then sort of this one kind of dropped into twenty twenty one in January. Um, and yeah, I, I felt out of the three albums, it was probably the best one because um, it kind of consolidates everything from the first two. Um, so I think first one of the three was called Quartz, and I had a lot of sort of metal and kind of there's a little bit of atmospheric um, as well with the electronics. Um, and then the second album, Copper, was quite. I'd say experimental. It's very sort of atmospheric kind of cinematic music. Um, I didn't particularly particularly like it too much. Um, it's a bit, yeah, a bit, bit, a bit weird for me. Um, but yeah, then yeah, it sounds Obsidian. like they put out a lot, so it's you're bound to find stuff that's not quite as strong to you yeah. as other things when they're putting out like a bunch of albums. Yeah, I think he he's been styles. working on it for um for a while like the whole concept of it but yeah sort of released them all sort of really close together which i you know i, I didn't i wasn't complaining because i was like i've been waiting like five years for new music from him so i was like yeah three albums in one go that's 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 good <laughs> yeah um and yeah then with Obsidian, like like i said before it's kind of a a mix of both and yeah just some really really strong songs on it um he kind of dabbled a bit with doom metal on one of the tracks called Catastrophe, which I thought was really cool. Because um, it's it's kind of hard now for the, all the music that he's done for him to find like new sort of avenues, like new subgenres to to experiment with. So when I sort of heard that, I was like, "Oh, there we go! Now doom metal is t- ticks off the list now." So uh, yeah, and then some of the electronic tracks as well were, were pretty good. Um, like Legion, nice. you know, it's funny because he actually 
I think he said on social media, that was one of the tracks that he kind of just threw together at the end. And, you know, I said in the comments on like Instagram, I was like, oh, that's, that's literally one of my favorites. So, it's, right. yeah, it's, it's quite cool to, to hear that insight. You know, that sounds interesting. I've been making electronic music lately, so I'm definitely keen on checking that out. See what we'll see what they're doing. Yeah, it's it's he's basically one of my, you know, I'd say top five like bands artists of all time. Um, really nice. Yeah, I think I sort of found him sort of fairly sort of early, and like when I started getting into this type of music, like metal and electronic music, you know, because I kind of like both, and then found one that sort of found an artist that puts it both together and it sort of blew my mind at the time <laughs> yeah that's very cool yeah so have you, have you got any uh, more that you'd like to to mention yeah uh my favorite australian band dr colossus uh released a new album this year it's their second album uh the follow-up to the dank which was a huge album in 2018 that like propelled their career it was an amazing album they're a uh, stoner doom slash rock and they are a Simpsons theme band, The Simpsons. Oh, right. So all of their music is about uh, Simpsons episodes, but a lot of it is used as like metaphor to express their own kind of depression and grief and things like that. So it's comedic, but it's also quite dark underneath that surface. Yeah. And that combination to me is somebody who's in that perfect age range to have grown up with The Simpsons. Like, in Australia, The Simpsons was on TV every single night at 6 o'clock, and we would watch it every single night growing up. And yeah. so it's really right right in my brain. And, like, to hear someone put a lot of soul into that, it's like a really – it really connects with me, their music. It's really good. And they got uh, – this year they just released <laughs> – the album's called – God, I might need to take a drink of water before I bloody read this album title. <laughs> I'm a stupid moron with an ugly face and a big butt and my butt smells and I like to kiss my own butt is the name of the album. <laughs> Amazing. This Love one's it. a bit more upbeat and psychedelic. It's really cool. Like, I think it's... It, 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 it's just a really powerful album from them coming from like a very depressive vibe into a more uplifting vibe that it still has a very serious subject matter sort of behind it, or at least that feeling. Yeah. There's a lot of really cool moments on the album that are like uh, just phenomenal. I think there's sort of a part where it's in this instance, there'd be these moments where like the whole cast would come together to like sing a song or whatever. And like the clouds would like, start joining in and singing as well and shit like that there's like a part in the album that like sounds like that like it's just a bunch <laughs> of people coming together to sing this song and everything and they really capture the aesthetic of the Simpsons really nicely and i've seen them live they uh dress up in full stonecutters outfits <laughs> when they play live and they are insanely good live like one-to-one -to, -one to studio quality like vocals and everything yeah, and they were one that were meant to play in Brisbane in a month or two, but it got cancelled. So that's a bummer. Yeah, that, that sounds that sounds really fun actually. Like, oh, it's great! It's definitely got to check it out. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't really watch The Simpsons growing up, but yeah, I could, I, I think I could definitely appreciate that. So, um, 
yeah i've just got one more to talk about actually um and this is actually a recent one that i found there's a band called reality gray uh their album new album's called beneath this crown and they're a progressive metal slash metalcore band as well although they, they kind of combine a few different sort of influences uh so there's sort of like thrash metal um a little bit of death metal and then some kind of like electronic sort of atmospherics as well and yeah this album came out i think it was beginning of may the 7th of may and and yeah it was it's a great album um there's 13 tracks on it so i was i worry a little bit when there's that many tracks on an album um because i think it can, can sometimes just feel like there's too much in there um yeah but the tracks are all like fairly sort of fairly short like three or four minutes um and to be honest you know sometimes i listen to it and i think I'd, I'd, I'd want more of this actually you know it's like it's it's just a really quality album there's a lot of great riffs in it great solos um but it's mainly just like harsh vocals um throughout the album but there's there's a couple of moments where they sort of do like clean sung choruses and they're they're really like just really good um sort of great melodies um great harmonies as well and yeah it's just one of those albums that sort of caught me by surprise a little bit i didn't expect to like it as much as i did yeah when you yeah. have that many tracks you gotta really have a good album structure to keep the attention and flow of it yeah it's hard to pull I mean, that off i think that's what they did really well like there was an overall kind of like scope of the album but they always introducing something new on it on every track um it's like different influences and just different variations on riffs um and there was like a vocal cameo as well like sort of three quarters away through as well so yeah it just felt like there's always something new to the table and then the way they finished the album is really cool as well it's like they actually wrote like a final track if you know what i mean like sort yeah. of a, a consolidating track um that kind of makes you want to listen to the next album you know like it's really cool how they did it yeah i got an album like that as well on my list that has like a whole heap of tracks but it's like gripping um scarred is the name of the band and they have like like 14 tracks with like varying sizes and stuff but like they go through so many genres like synth and like glam rock and metal and like gojira kind of stuff and they just have this really consistent cinematic vibe to it that just the entire album from beginning to end is just so good and so memorable and that's what i've been listening to since january and like yeah they really nailed down that album structure yeah yeah i think i listened to that did you say it was scarred wasn't it they're self-titled yeah, scarred, self-titled yeah, yeah yeah had a really uh their album cover is like a very sort of neon psychedelic kind of vibe yeah. and that's quite the sound as well like when you listen to it you can kind of hear the colors like pink and blue like neon kind of so it, it almost sounds like that kind of futuristic kind of sound but it's still playing a lot of like rock and metal that's rooted in like 80s and 90s sort of styles 
yeah i think i think with that one i, I found that like it was there's a little bit of like a tongue-in-cheek kind of attitude to it yeah yeah but which they're I quite insanely liked. talented so it's like yeah they're taking the piss if it kind of feels <laughs> but at the same time it is like technically on point as well yeah definitely yeah cool so um yeah I, you... I... sorry do you sorry. want to talk about any any more or yeah well there was one more that really has been a huge standout this year and it's made quite an impact in the black metal scene because it, it has a very bold statement for that scene and that is empire of love by violet cold and they're a black metal solo artist and for this album they literally put the pride flag on the album cover and it has stirred the shit out of all like the metal chuds and stuff (laughs) and so it's become quite notable but they have this really cool idea where they uh they basically said what if black metal was really positive and about nice things and so they made a black metal album like black gaze it's kind of like deaf heaven's uh ordinary corrupt human love where it's that kind of it's black metal but it's very it sounds very upbeat and it kind of soars and they have a lot of uh track titles like um you know uh we met at the revolution and things like that that are just really great and uh stirring up a lot of people so you know well worth a mention yeah definitely i actually might check that out because you know i mean i don't really like black metal but the fact that you said that it's kind of uplifting and stuff it's it's kind of the opposite of yeah what you'd it expect. has a lot of uh shoegaze and post-metal influence as well like it, it, i think it's pretty accessible to people that don't like black metal for sure and there's a huge variety of vocals like i they think they got like they must have worked with like 10 different vocalists or something to have all these vocal samples across their tracks very yeah. distinct vocals awesome so uh i'm gonna play my final track now so this is Mud Factory with All Shall Be Erased. Uh, it's their first single from their new album, The Sin of Our Fathers, which is out now via Wormhole Death. Uh, and the physical release will be out on 16th of July via Oral Music Group. Uh, the band said that The Sins of Our Fathers is a lethal dose of Serbian hatred that will everyone that everyone can enjoy, which uh, sounds pretty great, to be honest. Um yeah, so got yeah. A lot of hatred. Yeah. So this is All Shall Be Raised by Mud Factory.
this podcast with my friends that's like a, nothing to do with music at all. It's oh, right. a movie podcast uh, called Work Scrolling Hollywood, where we just uh, basically watch movies from that we loved as like a kid or like, you know, from some time ago and see how it holds up now in like terms of like, is it like really offensive or does it have like shit that just doesn't track anymore? And yeah, you know, it's you know it's it's a comedic kind of look, just to, but you know it also has a bit of social commentary to it. Mm. And yeah, that's been a lot of fun because yeah, it, it's really insane to look back on movies. Pretty much any movie from before like 2010 has like a lot of egregious shit in it. Yeah, that was like very normalized back in the day, and like even funny. And then now it's like, oh, okay, this isn't funny now. Like this is yeah. And then sometimes you discover movies are actually were actually really ahead of their time. Like um, Big Trouble in Little China, we discovered uh, was more progressive than most movies that came out in the last twenty years. Yeah, yeah, like they'd actually hired a you know huge amount of Asian actors, and you know they'd done all these things to try to avoid appropriation and stuff like that. So John Carpenter was pretty on the money in the eighties. Yeah, you seen I mean, any movies lately? You movie guy? I'm, to be honest, I'm not a massive movie person. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of have, I mean, to be honest, I'm like a massive Star Wars fan, so that's kind of, yeah, I mean, sci-fi stuff, I, pre- I enjoy quite a lot. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not really one to uh, talk about with movies, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, right. I'm, I'm a very basic what, what, what kind of, basic person Game. when it comes to movies. Game? <laughs> yeah i mean yeah i'm yeah i I kind of kind of do like retro retro stuff um but yeah again it's kind of the same same kind of stuff like star wars (laughs) star wars games uh what else have i got star wars games were so good yeah like yeah there's so many good ones like i honestly think the star wars games is like the best part of the star wars universe because like I think there's more consistently good quality games than there are like movie, like uh, video content in the overall series because there is some like not as great stuff. Yeah. But in the games, there's like everything's so fun because all the mechanics, you know, lightsabers are fun in video games, five, you know, shooting lasers, all that shit yeah. works really well in games. And then you got the universe, which, you know, works really well for like RPGs and stuff like Knights of the Old Republic. That was a really big one yeah i mean there's one that i played when i was you know when i was younger uh it's called jedi knight 2 jedi outcast oh yeah um, i used to play that for hours and hours and hours like on multiplayer um i was obsessed with that game it, i don't know what it yeah, was no. really it was just like i mean the game itself was good like you know but it's the community was, was just really strong as well um so there's people like building custom maps and you know there was loads of forums and you could just like chat to people that like like the game and it's just a yeah it's just a really cool online community um back in the time when you know it's those sort of things were just starting out because it was like early yeah. early 2000s so uh yeah I used, yeah, used to I, that game. it was pretty awesome when you when that first started up and i first had access to like online gaming and stuff for sure there's like there's little communities i think i was playing a lot of uh 
like the old Call of Duty games and uh, Halo and stuff like that in the early 2000s. Yeah. I think they yeah, were less really. toxic back then as well. I don't know if that's just like, you know, rose-tinted glasses or anything. Because, but... I think because it wasn't as accessible back then, so most of it, people on it were like, you know, true and true kind of nerds and yeah. gamers. And there was like less of us. And then as it got into like the 2010s, it became the norm to have like Xbox Live or to have whatever the subscription services were. Or, you know, if you're on a computer, it became the norm to know like an MMO at least one, you know what I mean? Whether it was World of Warcraft or RuneScape or whatever. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And so that became really accessible. So then you started getting like, I think a lot of teenagers in the late, you know, like 2009, 2010, sort of, that's when like the rise of the teen gamer. Yeah. The, 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 the Kyles. Of yeah, the, the Kyles, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Another Star Wars game, which is yeah, I think Star Wars Battlefront Two, the original, before they uh, done Battlefront again, rebooted it. That 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 game was immense as well. Well, even the first one, those. I think the mid two thousands was like the best time to be a Star Wars fan. Like the games were great, the films were great, just just all all the content was 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 great that was coming out. Yeah, the the games for sure, but I think from my memory, uh, like the best time, like I'm not really into Star Wars that much now, but like I was really into it in like 1999, and I would buy like packets of chips because they had Star Wars like Tarzos in them and shit, and like there was this era where like there wasn't really that many, we didn't have like online shit yet, like games as much. Mm. But there was so much just Star Wars merchandise in your everyday life because of companies or like just co-opting Star Wars left and right. So you can get like Star Wars version of everything in that time. Like, you know, you'd have like Star Wars chips and Star Wars drinks and shit all throughout the house and stuff. Yeah. And Star Wars specials. And it's kind of like Pokemon as well back then where it was like when it was when you're forced to do it offline, it was like very intensive. Like people fucking really got into it. Yeah, I remember all the uh, Star Wars vending machines they had, like for the Phantom Menace. They had like vending machines with plastered with the uh, the posters and stuff, and then all the Pepsi cans and Coke cans. And they all, all Star Wars, all Star Wars stuff on it. Yeah, and the Star Wars merchandise just made so much fucking money. Like every kid yeah. was just asking for that shit for Christmas. Yeah, lightsabers. I remember having a couple of lightsabers. <laughs> I had a shampoo bottle that had like that was the shape of a fucking one of those underwater vessels that I don't even know how to describe it. That you know in, in the Phantom Menace with Jar Jar Binks going down underwater. Oh yeah, those yeah yeah sort of underwater planes. Yeah, it was like one of those, but it was like shampoo. <laughs> you know, all the old, you know all the Lego and shit. Yeah, I remember I had this thing. That it was. Uh... It was like in the shape of a lightsaber, but it had like a little, um, like a little Game Boy screen on it. And like, if you like, sort of swung it around, it was sort of interact with the, the little screen. It was kind of like, think about it now. It's kind of you have to try and look as you're swinging it around. Um, but I found that really cool at the time when I was like eight or nine. It's like one of the coolest things ever. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> nice. Yeah. For some reason that reminded me of um, the Game Boy used to have some really weird extensions. I remember we used to have all the shit you'd be able to attach to the Game Boy in some way. You'd have like that light, that like big ass light you'd attach to the. Oh top yeah. Of it. You'd have like this. Uh, there was this camera attachment at one point that came with all these mini games and stuff, and then there's all this weird shit. Yeah. But I loved having the uh, Pokemon Game Boy with the starter Pokemon on the actual Game Boy and stuff. I think I had the Nintendo 64 version of that too. I was really into Pokemon when I was a kid. Yes, same. Um, the, the millennial story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I never actually had the original Game Boy, but I had the Game Boy Color. Um, actually, I remember yeah, when... Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Yeah. I remember I went to New York, uh, I think it was 2019, and one of the, I was in the N- Nintendo shop, and they had this, uh, I think it was a Game Boy that had been, I think it was in the Falklands War, so it had like half exploded, and it still worked. So they had it like in this like display case, and it was, yeah, that was, that was really cool to see that, you know, it's, a bomb's gone off right next to it, and it still works, it's, uh, yeah. Nice. Nintendo uh, manufacturing is free sound. Yeah, it's like the old the old phones, like the Nokia bricks and shit. Yeah. You just throw them around and stuff. Yeah, because why the nuclear... I'm always walking around with a cracked phone because I'm always dropping it once. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, so it's... Uh, shall we play your second track? Yeah, it's... this is a track that... This is a standalone single from Aeon's Abyss called The Great Hanging that came out last year. Uh, this is a particularly... One I, I'm very fond of because it's both like a very anti-capitalist kind of message and i am also got a little Easter egg shout-out on the album art for this one where um, oh, nice. they uh, had Noob Heavy sketched into the... The awning that's uh, hanging all the businessmen. That's sick. I like that. <laughs> and uh, this features uh, vocals from Shannon from Eternal Rest, who's a Brisbane band, and a guitar solo from Roger Rogers, who is in a Brazilian band called Savages. Let's go! 
so that's that's a wrap that's the end of the show thanks carcass one for join, joining me on this one um yeah thanks for having me it's mate. been it's been a great no. little chat i think was i supposed to chime in on that yeah no i was, I was just saying yeah oh, it's great it's a great little chat so <laughs> yeah for sure yeah. i wasn't sure if this was a solo outro of i was supposed to respond to yeah uh, well yeah yeah thanks for listening um thanks to the bands that let me feature their tracks today and we'll see you next time yeah.